Coming up tonight on 980 CFBO, we have the London Knights and the Niagara Ice Dogs. Coverage starts at 6.30. Rocky Farr will be on hand making yet another check presentation. He's donated $55,000 in the last three years. That has benefited all kinds of hockey organizations in this area, from the London Devilettes to the London Blizzard to George Bray to the South Bandits. It's uh, it's pretty generous. And so we started the day talking about some hockey stories. We're still waiting for Team Canada to be announced. What do you think? A few more hockey stories? This week on Around the OHL, we had a chance to sit down with Dale Howarchuk. Hall of Famer. He's currently the head coach of the Barry Colts, but he's played at the World Juniors back before they had a national junior team. And he's also played in some pretty spectacular international events like the 87 Canada Cup. So he's going to tell some stories about the World Juniors. He'll tell a story about the Canada Cup, but we actually started off talking about the fact that it's definitely winter in Barrie, Ontario. It's snowy, but that's uh, Ontario and Canada in the winter. <laughs> You're a guy who played so many years in Winnipeg. How does this compare to Winnipeg in terms of winters? They they would have arrived, what, around the end of August? <laughs> well, it's cold and sunny anyways, but you had either had, you had a, almost a fur coat and a parka and two options, depending <laughs> if you were dressing up or not. What's it like to see the success of the Jets right now and, and how that city has has come out and, and just eaten them up? Well, I think it's it's been like excuse me, it's been like that ever since the team came back and then of course uh, you know, I think now the way they've built the team and you know, they had a lot of high draft picks that have turned out. Whenever that happens, uh, you know, that's usually uh, you know, a good formula for success. Well, and one of those high draft picks uh, came through the Barry Colt system and, and Mark Shifley as well. That's a guy who uh, came to your team. You know, he was a seventh-round pick a, a bit later than most and really caught the attentions of NHL scouts. Uh, you coaching him, when did you sort of realize that, you know, Shifley might be a special player? Well, we ended up trading for him in a deal because, you know, he was drafted by Saginaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was part of a deal. <laughs> we didn't know if he would come or not because... He was uh, almost committed to go to Cornell. But I saw him play tier two, and right away I liked him. I knew uh, his skating wasn't that great then, though, but uh, his instincts and uh, his ability to, to find people, and he was uh, he was a hound dog on the puck. Uh, I liked a lot of his attributes. And, you know, we were, we were able to convince him to come, and uh, right away he liked this kid because he knew our team inside out. He knew we had traded for his rights, and he knew our roster up and down. He knew if he came where he'd be slotted in potentially. And so right away you're like, oh, man, this kid wants to make it. So he's uh, he's had that desire ever since. And um, I've always said, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just a lack of, uh, of growth. You know, they're still young, and then all of a sudden uh, – if you feel like they're going to put the effort in, uh, you know they're going to get better at their skating or whatever. Dale Howarchuk with us. Dale, how has coaching changed in the game of hockey since you stepped behind the bench? Is it any different? Is it exactly the same? Um, well, there's always changes. I saw it, you know, even as a player, you know, through junior, the NHL, you know, the generations change and uh, life just changes and you need to, you have to move with it. If you don't, uh, it'll pass you by. And, uh, 
you know, it's no different, you know, outside the ring. You know, there's not too many people without cell phones now, and there's many and we didn't have cell phones. So you got to move on, right? And, uh, um, you know, I think as a coach, you try and take a little bit of what you really like from a lot of guys and, uh, you know, remember certain situations when maybe things weren't going well, how certain coaches reacted or, or when they were going great and how they reacted. So, but you got to read your team and uh, you have a different team every year. You have different personalities and, you know, you just, whenever, you know, there could be a lot of guys, you know, feeling good about themselves, but there's always a few not. And those are the ones you want to keep going. You know, you want to get them turned around because, uh, you know, when, when guys are struggling and we can get them back turned around, then that just helps the whole group. And, uh, so that's always the challenge of coaching, uh, every day. Okay. Who's, who's not feeling it right now. We got to get them going and, so I think as a as a coach, uh, you know, and you know, you're part of the team. You gotta you gotta recognize that, and you want to keep the guys flying high, keep them going. But you also want to get the guys that aren't maybe going so great, you know, get them moving to another level. This year, you've got some great talent on your team and young talent. Give us the the hope of the Barry Colts for the rest of the way. What do you want to see your team do? Well, you know. it's you know, everybody hears that you want to get better every day, and that's what you do in junior, right? You know, you want to learn from your mistakes. And, uh, you know, as a group, uh, you know, you go from your goalies to your defense to your forwards, and then, you know, you have your special teams units. And, you know, if you can keep improving those, you know, every month, then uh, you're headed in the right direction. And where it takes you, you know, like, I mean, I won two Memorial Cups as a player, and, you know, we didn't know where it was taking us. But, you know, two years in a row, it took us right to the end. So, you know, you just you can't look at the long picture. You just look at the short picture every day, and then uh, all of a sudden you're you're in the middle of a long picture, and you're like, "Hey, that went pretty well." What were those teams like in Cornwall? Um, the first year, our captain was uh, Dan Dau, and uh, and um, you know Scott O'Neill came on that year with me as a rookie. Bobby Hall Jr. was rookies, and. Uh, it was kind of a, a, you know, nobody really gave us a shot. And then all of a sudden we just gelled as a team. We had three pretty solid lines, two that could score, one could check. And uh, we got a hot goalie in the playoffs. And, you know, back in the day, you know, we really didn't make, uh, uh, you know, a big splash as far as picking up uh, players. And back in the queue, they used to just buy players and load up one team. And uh, we upset Sherbrooke in the final round. And the next thing you know, we're in the Memorial Cup uh, you know, against Peterborough and Regina and Doug Wickenheiser. And we, you know, kind of were the underdogs and ended up uh, with the trophy at the end. So it's like we, we weren't worried about it. We just We just played hard every game. And, and I can remember that final series against Sherbrooke. Like we stole the first game in their building and then uh, come back to ours, sneak one out, go back to their building, get blown out, come back, sneak one out, go back to their building, get blown out. And then we snuck out, you know, game six. So, it was, uh, but it didn't worry us. Like we got blown out so bad. So back in Sherbrooke, like that, you know, that could have really derailed us. But we still felt good about our group, and uh, it took us right to the end. And that's that journey that you were talking about. You know, from a coach's perspective, is you get better every day and enjoy the day to day stuff. So even, you know, all these years later, some things don't change about the game. No, no, absolutely not. Like uh, you know, some some days go bad. Some games you just got to write off. I don't know what happened there. You know, everything just went wrong, and uh, but you can't sit there and dwell dwell on it. You want to learn from it and uh, regroup. We always talk about that when we feel like we've had a poor game. Like, hey, let's rebound and let's rebound fast. That's what 
the beauty in this business is you get to play another game and and uh, rebound from what you didn't like. You got a chance to play internationally, to play in that, that, that most famous Canada Cup in 1987. It's World Junior time. You were playing on Canada's World Junior team before it really was the World Juniors that it is today. What was it like being a part of Team Canada on one of those first World Junior teams? Um, well, it was great. We were all excited. You know, the defending uh, Memorial Cup champs, uh, got to, to represent Canada at the next World Juniors, and we, we went to Germany. And uh, it was probably because of us, you know, we didn't do that well that, uh, you know, all of a sudden uh, Hockey Canada came involved and uh, created a World Junior team, you know, coast to coast. And uh, uh, But the experience was great, but we were overmatched, you know, the best players. So I, I, I remember I was rated to go number one in the draft, and I remember playing the Russians in Germany, and I was like, oh, my God. We didn't even touch the puck. Like these guys were so good, and it was like, you know what? We got. I, I personally, I was like, I got. I'm supposed to be number one, and some of these guys were just like whipping around us like nothing. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta take my work ethic to another level, and, and I think our whole group did too because that second year, you know, we were kind of up and down through the year. We had some good talent, and uh, actually, Dougie Gilmore came along too, and. Uh, that year we really rode through the playoffs and ended up winning the Memorial Cup again. But the World Junior experience was probably good for our group because, you know, we thought we were pretty good, and then we realized that, hey, there's another level we can reach. And uh, and then obviously Hockey Canada felt that too with the program. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's in good hands now, and it's an exciting time of the year. But uh, it's a great thrill as a player. You know, it's probably one of your first opportunities to represent Canada on a on a major stage and, uh, you know, the hype, the pressure that goes with it, uh, you just, as a player, that's, that's probably why you, you signed up to play hockey in the first place. Cause that, that was fun. Let's leave it on this. You get to go into Hamilton now and you get to walk into that building where you won that 87 Canada cup, where you were on the ice as that last rush was going along. What do you remember from those moments in that game three against the Soviet <laughs> Union? Well, I remember I was playing mostly with you know, Brent Sutter, Rick Talk, and Brian Prop, and we, we were really having a great game. We scored a few goals to get us back in the game, and then the last face-off in our end there, uh, Keenan, Mike Keenan, the coach at the time, told me to take Mark Messier off because Mark was tired really at the end of a shift, and so I go on the ice, and he really didn't say anything else, and I look at Wayne, and I, I got Gretzky and Lemieux on the wings, and but I look at Wayne. I said, Wayne, you want to take the draw? And he's like, not a chance. And then I look at Mario, and Mario's like, uh, no, no, that uh, I'm a right shot. That's not my side. So just before I take the draw, I'm like, I, I kind of skate to Mario and say, look, Mario, I'm just tying him up because I didn't want to lose this draw clean. So I'm just tying him up, which is an indicator to him to come in and pick up the loose puck, which which he did, and uh, he got it up to Gretz, and uh, Igor Kravchuk pinched, and uh, we got by them, and you know that was a, that was a huge goal, obviously. But uh, it's funny; I didn't even know if I was going out there to take the face off, right? So at the end of the day, it was like come up with a last minute plan, and uh, it worked out pretty good. Amazing. Well, Dale, congratulations on the Hall of Fame career as a player. Congratulations on what you've done so far as a coach. We really appreciate the time today. That is Dale Howarchuk. You can hear the entire interview. It's actually longer than that on our Around the OHL podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your favorite shows. 
it just shows that even at life's highest levels of anything, it's all just made up. It's all just fly by the seat of your pants. You know, we go through life every day and you kind of make the best decisions that you can and you hope that things work out. You've got elite hockey players who understand the game better than anybody else. You've got the best of the best on the ice. And you would think, well, they they just naturally, instinctively know what to do. And it's a face-off with just over a minute left, and Dale Howardchuk is saying, as he looks at Wayne Gretzky, do you want to take this face-off? And Wayne Gretzky's looking back going, no, I do not want to take this face-off, because you don't want to lose it. The way the game had been going, if you lose that face-off, a slap shot from the blue line, that probably goes in, and the Soviet Union wins the 87 Canada Cup. And then he looks at Mario Lemieux who says, I'm a right-handed shot, I can't take that draw. (laughs) <laughs> the most perfect excuse. And so they just kind of made it up on the spot. Here's what we're going to do. And it winds up working perfectly, which, hey, sometimes in life that happens too. Thanks again to everybody who was a part of this morning's initiative in yet another Chorus Radio London toy drive. This was originally organized by Taz from FM 96, and now you've got FM 96 and Country 104 and Fresh Radio and Global News Radio 980 CFPL all involved in it, but the stream of vehicles, the mountains of toys, good toys. I It was hard taking them to the trucks because you'd think, I just want to try this out. Can I just, try, can I just go around to the side of the truck here and just... See how this thing works just for a second? There's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's going to the best place of all, the kids who need it and who need a smile at this time of year. We're going to take a final break on London Live. We'll come back to close out the show in just a moment. You're listening to Global News Radio 980 CFPL.